podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Wednesday, the night after, Paul Joyce and all the other respected Liverpool journalists dropped a story saying that Liverpool have moved on from their pursuit of Jude Bellingham, that they have realised that the fee involved is just too much, considering the scope of the rebuild that's needed. Now, there's multiple ways to look at this. But let's start with this. Liverpool also moved on once from Virgil van Dijk. They also moved on once from Alison Becker. Last summer, they moved on from Darwin Nunes. They also, at one one stage, moved on from Naby Keita. And the same journalists who wrote these stories last night also wrote those stories. If you go and look on Paul Joyce's Twitter, you will find a tweet suggesting Liverpool are no longer interested in Alison Becker mere weeks before he was signed. You will also find an article written by, written by Paul Joyce that says we weren't going to sign Thiago. So, Joyce and the rest, at the end of the day, deliver what message the club wants to deliver. What we never know fully is who is the message being delivered to. In the case of those Alison Becker, Virgil van Dijk, Naby Keita, Thiago, Darwin releases, they were being aimed at the clubs that were selling the players. And I would guess, I would say, that Bellingham has told Liverpool that that's the move he wants. And now... It's about trying to get him at a fee which is more favourable to us. Because the recent reports from Germany suggest that what Dortmund are looking for is £135 plus add-ons. Now, that is a ridiculous fee. That is well beyond what Jude Bellingham is worth. And I would guess we're looking for something more in the region of 100 million, maybe with add-ons, maybe inclusive of add-ons. And what we may be looking to do is make Dortmund feel like, well, there's no other choice here. You have to sell them to us at the fee we want to pay because this is the move the player wants. And you have promised this player that you will facilitate the move he wants. 
Now, we saw this before where Dortmund refused to budge on Sancho. But Sancho got the move he wanted by waiting a year. So maybe Jude stays at Dortmund another year and then moves. And in 12 months, we will be better positioned to go and sign him. Assuming we do the other things we need to do this summer. Because we don't just need Jude Bellingham. We need quite a lot. But I wouldn't suggest that anybody should take those reports at face value. I know Paul Joyce is as reliable as they come, but at the end of the day, Paul Joyce's bread and butter is Liverpool Football Club. He also reports on Everton, but nobody really cares about Everton. Everton doesn't sell newspapers. Everton doesn't drive clicks. And at the end of the day, regardless of the fact that he doesn't really seem to know he's on Twitter or anything like that, Paul Joyce is in the click-chasing business. That's the industry he works in. And in all likelihood, his annual salary is reflected on the traffic he drives to his pieces. So, if Liverpool have said to Joyce and King and Bascombe and Jones and Lynch, this is what we need you to put out, you might look a little bit silly, but eventually everybody will forget about it and we'll make it up to you with some other type of exclusive, be it an interview or a transfer leak or whatever. They will run that story. Like I said, Paul Joyce said we had put we had moved on from our pursuit of Alison Becker. Paul Joyce said we weren't going to sign Thiago. But yet, when you ask somebody about Paul Joyce, they'll tell you, oh, he's the most reliable there is. He's always right. He knows everything. Same thing with Ornstein. Ornstein wrote this story two, three weeks ago, saying that we didn't think we had the funds or that it was believed we didn't have the funds to make the deal happen. But nobody would question that David Ornstein isn't one of the best journalists in the country. One of the best journalists in Europe. So I do believe it's a strong possibility that that is what's happening here. That we have gotten the green light from the player and now we're in a game of chicken with Dortmund. But let's look at the other side of this for a second. Let's say we have now decided that we can't afford to bring Jude in. It's easy to get very, very negative about this and look at it and say, well, you didn't just learn that he was going to be expensive. Now, it's been very clear for 18 months that when Bellingham left Dortmund, the fee was going to be sky high, 100 million plus. That's the nature of buying a player of his profile at his age with what he's already done and the potential for what he can go on and do and the fact that he's English, so the price will always be a bit higher. We've known since we got involved in the chase for Bellingham that the fee was going to be enormous. So to come out now and say, well, you know, we we actually can't afford it, we have to do it too many other things, that does make the club look very stupid. 
What's worse is that we've just given up on this season. We gave up on this season before this season started. All to wait for Jude Bellingham. And again, that, to me, that plays more into the idea that we've leaked this to try and bring the price down more than we've kind of given this to the journalists because this is the case. But if it is the case, we look really stupid and we should be furious at everybody. The fact that they just punted on this season, forgetting Jude for a second, the fact that they punted on this season is unforgivable. In the primes of Virgil and Alison and Mo and Thiago, that we just gave up on the season before the season started. That is unforgivable. But again, you can look at this in a more positive light. Signing Jude Bellingham isn't the smart move right now. It just isn't. We need four midfielders this summer. Four. Now, You could get by with three, but they would have to be ready to go. Ready-made, capable of starting pretty much every game. You're talking Caicedo. You're talking Ugart. You're talking Mason Mount. Those type of players that you can just plug in and they can just go. But ideally, you want to bring in four because that's what the numbers suggest we need. We also need two new backup centre-backs because Matip has declined and Gomez isn't the player he was before injury. We need proper cover for Trent. I believe we need a new starting left-back because I think Robertson has declined quite drastically. And I think if we want to get the very best out of Trent, our best bet is to sign a more defensive left-back so that we can shift into a back three in possession and let Trent have more freedom to get forward. We could do with maybe a bit of cover for Mo. You know, Bobby's leaving, so there will be a vacant spot in the forward line. So that's a lot to do. Now, we can't do it all in one summer because that's just not how Jürgen will work. But when you take such a large chunk of money to sign someone like Jude, it then means you can't afford to do much of the rest. You might be able to get one other midfielder and that defender to, you know, potentially replace Robbo, but who can also maybe be one of the two backup centre-backs. And maybe you can find a a backup for Trent on the cheap, but again, you'll probably skimp on that and, and not do it. So you've got two options here. You can sign Jude and half-arse the rest, or you can do the rest, and you can actually rebuild the squad. And maybe you half-arse just on the Jude piece. Now, when I say half-arse, I'm still talking about a very good player. I'm not talking about, you know, sorting through the bargain bin. Because the thing that people seem to be missing, and as I watched the meltdown on Twitter this morning among some of the more irrational people in the fan base, 
It worries me for the summer in that I actually think we can end up far better off in terms of the midfielders we bring in by not signing Jude than we would if we signed Jude. Like I said, if we were to buy Caicedo, Romeo Lavia, say, because Southampton will probably go down. So you could get him for, I don't know, maybe 25 and some add-ons. And then one other. Let's say it's Mount. Let's say it's Dominic Sabozlai. Let's say it's Michael Elise, Morgan Gibbs-White, whatever. That, as a three, is better than Jude plus Alex Scott from Bristol, who I really like and I would love us to get. But he's not ready to start. If we just got Jude and Scott... We're not nearly as good as we would be if we got Caicedo, Zabozlai, and whoever. Pick your defensive midfielder of choice. And yet the cost would be similar. If Jude is 135, well, that gets you Caicedo and Lavia. And you still have a bit of money left over. So you could get a Zabozlai, a, a Gibbs White, and a Lise, whoever. It doesn't have to be any of those three. It could be, it could be Kaku from, from Feyenoord. Let's go with him. He's a very creative player. He'd fit really well on that right side. Let's say that's the three. You probably get the three of them for about 160. Well, Jude and Alex Scott will cost you 160, and only one of them's ready to start. And I'd love us to get Scott. I'd love him to be the fourth midfielder that we bring in. But those other three make us better than just Jude. They make us significantly better than just Jude. There's some talk that Real could be open to selling Chuameni. Well, if they are, and they do want Jude, despite, again, they're leaking it out there, oh, we're not in pursuit. Give it a week, there'll be an article from Madrid that suggests Real are confident they're going to land you. But if they were hesitant over the fee and maybe were open to selling Chuameni, we'd be better off getting Chuameni for 70 and Caicedo for 90 at 160 million than just Jude for 135 in adults. We'd have two lads that can become world-class midfielders in Chuameni and Caicedo. That's the foundation that you can build your midfield off. You can build your team off that. That immediately improves your defense because they'll be so much better protected. It immediately improves your attack because they've got more of a platform to play off. And it means that your third midfielder can be very attack-minded. You know, you find a better version of Harvey Elliott, like a Michael Elise. That's a much stronger way to do things than just go all in on Jude. And you might be able to work the Chumani and Caicedo deals to include add-ons so that the actual fee that you're paying is, you know, 135, 140, similar money to what Dortmund are looking just for Jude. Even if that Jude price falls a bit to 120, you're still better off getting two great midfielders 
than one great midfielder. Now, again, Madrid might not even consider letting Chouameni go, but there has been a number of people that have suggested that it could be the case, that he hasn't fully settled, that they're looking at Camavinga and wondering, can Camavinga and Chouameni coexist in the same midfield because both of them want to play that number six position? It looks like they're going to have Cruz and Modric and uh, Valverde potentially back in. Cruz Cruz might retire. I think there's been some suggestion that he will retire at the end of this season. I think he might have even suggested that he'll retire at the end of the season. But it wouldn't surprise me if he decided to stick around another year. It wouldn't surprise me if Modric stuck around another year and they'll have Valverde. And they've also got at that club a couple of really promising young midfielders from their own academy. So they could look to move Chuamani on and you bring in Jude and, you know, add to what they've got. And I think they'd be very, very strong. You know, they've got young Antonio Blanco. He's very, very good, young defensive midfielder. Marvin Park, very talented, very promising. Uh, Renier Jesus, very talented, very promising. So they've got all three of those out on loan that they can bring back. There's no no definite that they will want to or be insistent on keeping Chiumeni, especially if selling him facilitated them getting Jude, because they would view Jude as a more real player because what he does is more spectacular and he's more of a match winner. Whereas I look at Chiumeni and I see someone that can win you a title by what he will do in the middle of the field for you. The same way United fans looked at Pogba and drooled over him. Now, the rest of us saw him for what he was, which was exceptionally gifted, but never turned up. Judas, much more reliable than that. But United paid £90 for Pogba to be a match winner. We paid £40 for Fabinho to be a title winner. And I'd much rather we end up with Chumeni and Caicedo. I mean, that to me, that is the the perfect pair as the the six on the left side of eight. Or the, yeah, six on the left side of eight. Um so yeah, like I guess what I'm trying to say is don't be freaking out. The smarter ones among you won't be anyway. The smarter people won't be freaking out. They will look at this as part of the dance. As this is Liverpool doing what Liverpool tend to do. But like I say, even if we don't end up with Jude, even if he ends up at City, we can still come out of this better off because there are loads of very, very good midfielders out there that would fit really well and fill needs for what we have this summer. Like, we need a lot this summer. And therefore... Spending so much of it on Jude isn't the smart move. And we didn't build our title-winning team by throwing money around and, and overpaying. We built it by being smart. Nobody saw Salah becoming what he became. Nobody saw Mane becoming what he became. Now, some people were high on him. I wasn't. I was completely against the move. I've said it before. He, he proved me wrong on his, on his debut against Arsenal. But, you know, people looked at Bobby. There were multiple multiple newspapers that asked the question of, 
it's unclear why Liverpool decided to pay so much for this guy. Uh, a well-known podcaster in the Liverpool sphere, I don't think he podcasts much anymore, but he owns a podcast in the Liverpool sphere, referred to him as elegantly shite after a couple of weeks at the club. People laughed and said we overpaid for Van Dyke. People laughed and said we overpaid for, for Alisson. People laughed at the idea that signing Andy Robertson from recently relegated Hull would be a smart move. People wondered what we were doing signing Ginny Wijnaldum. We were being smart. Every one of those moves was smart. Were there missteps? Ox, Naby? Sure. But not because of them as players, but because of injuries. That was the issue with both of them. Otherwise, they would both have played huge roles over the last five years. And in all likelihood, we would have won more. But smart has got to come before splashy, always, for a club like us. Let City and United and those do the splashy moves. None of them have worked for United. Yeah, they've worked for City, but City also do smart as well. But if we don't get him, we can still end up better off. That is that is the message here. As long as as long as the realization has finally been reached by Klopp and by Linders and those around them that this isn't just Jude and a couple of band-aids fixes this, that this needs a teardown then we can end up better off. My concern, my big concern going into this summer is not what players we get, it's Jürgen. And what players would he push out the door? Because there's a laundry list of players that need to go. And what we know is that he's tried to keep Milner, he's tried to keep Firmino, he's tried to keep Naby, and he's tried to keep Ox, all four of whom should no longer be at the club. Milner should have been gone three years ago. Ox and Naby should have been sold two years ago. Bobby, I'm fine having at the club. He's still Bobby. And, you know, he's, he he has done so much for us over the years that I'm fine with him seeing out his contract and leaving on a free. But it's the right time to let him leave. You know, you wouldn't have had an argument if you'd let him leave two years ago, a year ago. There's certainly no argument now. Bobby is past his best. He'll still have the odd moment, but that's because he's a great player who's declined now. There's still moments of brilliance that he's capable of. Like Henderson will have the odd good game through the season because law of averages suggests he will. The same thing is true of Bobby. He will have, and Bobby's a much better player, but Bobby will have moments and fits and starts where he looks like the old Bobby, but he can't sustain it. So it's the right time to move him on. But Jürgen wanting to keep all of them is very concerning. He's got to learn to say goodbye. Because if he doesn't, he will be saying goodbye to the club. Because he won't be allowed another season like this, regardless of what we may think or what you may think about credit in the bank, which, to be honest, is a nonsense the owners will not stand for another season like this. They just won't. 
you can go and look at the tracks track record with the Red Sox. Terry Francona won two World Series. When things went bad and he couldn't get it going in the right direction, he was out the door. I'll leave it there. There's lots on This Is Anfield. You can have a read of that. There's a lot on Liverpool.com. Again, you can have a read of that. On AnfieldIndex.com, we have four new articles up. Uh, leadership leadership group, think carefully for next season. Uh, this piece was written by David Davis. There is a piece about the lessons learned from the Arsenal game, also by David Davis. Stephen Smith has written a really good piece on Romeo Lavia and our need for a defensive midfielder, so check that one out. And there is a piece by someone I I don't know, Ben Pescod. Sorry if I've butchered your name, Ben. Um, He has said that three summer signings to get Liverpool back on track. So he's gone with the obvious one, which is Jude, of course. Uh, He suggested Evan and Dicke. Evan and Dicke would be a poor fit for us because he's not good in a back four as a centre-back. As a left-back, I could get on board with him as a left-back, but not as a centre-back. He's not good enough defensively as a centre-back to play for us. When he plays for Eintracht in a three, he looks fine. When he plays for them as a centre-back in a four, he is Lovren-esque. Uh And then the third one is Mason Mount. And um, he, he suggested a fee of around 70 million, which I just think is mental because he's got a year left on his contract. And I don't know that I'd pay 70 million for Mason Mount with two or three years left on his contract. But I do like Mason Mount. Uh, but as I've said before, I don't think Mason Mount and Bellingham in a three works. So... It wouldn't surprise me if if we have moved on from Be- from Bellingham. It wouldn't surprise me if Mason Mount is the new right sided eight, and then we look to fill the others with you know, Caicedo maybe or or whoever. Um, Caicedo and Lavia plus Mount could be really good. Caicedo, Chumeni, and Mount would be the dream. That would not even worth getting into. But if you, you could get the three of them for two hundred million. And and that's your midfield boxed off. You don't need to worry about it. Fabinho can be the backup. Thiago can play fairly regularly because he can play both number eight positions. <clears throat> you'll have young Stefan. You'll have Curtis Jones. You'll have the captain. You know, they can play some games here and there. Uh, but a 70 million for Mason Mount would be, uh, would be, would be scary, to be honest, if we paid that with a year left on his, on his contract. Um, but I, I do like the player, and I would like the player. Evan and Dicke, no, not as a not as a centre back. As a left back, fine. If if Costas left and we brought him in, it doesn't solve the problem of replacing Andy Robertson because he's not going to start in Dicke over Robertson. If it was Inacio from Sporting, I think then he, he'd make a real case for it. But um, no, I you know. Mason Mount, I can I can absolutely get on board with it at the right price, somewhere in that forty five million range. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, sorry about not having the pronunciation of your name, Ben, but I, I I hadn't seen it before. So 
There we go. Podcast-wise, there is a new Under Pressure. It is Simon Brundish and Phil Barker, neither of the Dans available. And they looked at the Chelsea game. God bless them. And then the Arsenal game, which at least was was an exciting uh, occasion. The, the Chelsea game. That was one of the worst games of football I think I've ever watched. Uh, right, that'll do me for today, folks. Thanks as always. Don't lose your heads and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.